Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Bet Victor podcast. And boy, we've got a special for you. Uh, the next couple of podcasts going through our series are going to be previewing massive sporting events. Keep your eyes peeled for our very special Grand National podcast coming up. But today, it's all about the biggest four days on the golfing calendar. And I think it's certainly a sporting highlight as well to those that may be a more casual fan like myself. Since starting in 1934, the Masters has provided some brilliant dramatic action on the fairways at Augusta. And we've got a top team ready to try and help you find a winner and chat through some magic moments we've seen over the years at the Masters. I'm delighted to say joining us once again back on the podcast, having been very busy recently playing professionally, is Matt Baldwin. Matt, how you doing? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Yeah, great to have you with us. Uh, I know you've been a busy boy, so fantastic you give up some of your time so we can get your insight. Uh, joining Matt, we've got a man who I think knows more about the game of golf than you can imagine. Um, he's making his podcast debut with us. We're very privileged to have him on us. With him, with us, I should say, uh, it's top man Michael Herrera. Michael, how are you doing? Sound doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we are really pleased to have you on. And of course, it wouldn't be a Bet Victor podcast without my trusty sidekick uh, and avid golf punter, Douglas McRae. Dougie, doing well and uh, ready for the biggest four days in golf? Yeah, buzzing, Sam. Looking forward to it. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to kick off just by uh, getting some Masters memories from the guys to really get those juices flowing because it is a fantastic tournament. And I'm going to kick off with yourself, Matt. Obviously, you're a professional now. Growing up, was the Masters something that captured your imagination? Any strong memories? Yeah, absolutely. I used to um, you know, I used to love watching it growing up. Obviously, still love watching it now. For me, my first memory was... Um, Nick Fowler, 96, against Norman. I think he you know, he came from six shots back and he just absolutely obliterated him, on, especially, you know, on, on the back nine. I think Greg Norman just fell apart and, you know, uh, Nick took the took the title easily in the end. He was he was fantastic to watch that day. Yeah, I, I can imagine that was that was a real sort of tussle that could have gone backwards and forwards and just didn't really when I looked through the history books. And um I'd say there was probably Mr. Woods must feature in a few memories. Yeah, um, I mean, I, you know, I'm a massive Tiger Woods fan. He's arguably the reason why I play the game. So, you know, the first one that he that he won, he went out and I think he was at like 40 or 41 and then came back and just dominated the rest of the week, um, you know, to win by, uh, I mean, I think it was nearly double figures in the end. But yeah. Uh, what 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 a guy! <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, obviously you're a massive golf fan, but any specific Masters moments that really stick with you? Or I know you like the tournament as a whole, not just necessarily the the, the, the finishing winners. Yeah, I do love the tournament. It, it is the best week of the year um, for me. And uh, 2017 sticks out for me. And being American, you almost. <sighs> don't realize how important the masters is to the rest of the world and where you think you know the open and everything else but 2017 was my first year living in spain and it was the year sergio won so the year he got over the hump and i remember the group i was watching with um when he hold the final pot you could hear roars through the entire neighborhood of where we were um it was a really really special moment first year in spain um and to have sergio win it was um unforgettable for me yeah, and uh, you're a big fan of the par three, which is sadly missing again this year. Yeah, I, well, I love it. It's a gift and a curse. If you play well, then you're pretty much guaranteed to have a, a tough tournament. But an unbelievably special moment. 
um, when Kai Nicholas's grandson hold out uh, in the part of three, I mean, it's, I think it's one of the best uh, just overall sport and family memories of my lifetime. It's unbelievable. Nearly brought me to tears at the time. Yeah, it was um, was pretty special, wasn't it? I, I, I seem to recall that um, it's an event I usually don't do too well on when I'm trying to predict the winner of the par three because it's a pretty unpredictable thing when suddenly uh, I seem to recall Ricky Fowler passed the putter to his girlfriend one year and um, that was the end of his chances. But never mind, one of those things you just have to relax and enjoy. Uh, Dougie, I'll come to you now. I know you're a massive Tiger fan and I think his return to the top is probably going to be your favourite memory, I'm guessing. Yeah, the, the return in, in 2019 was definitely, you know, when he was, I know it was tight for a while with, with Molinari, but when he's on the back nine and he was, you know, there was there was really no stopping him. And it was really, a, it's not just a win, but it was just a story of, you know, he, he's come back and that strength and adversity. Some A moment in sport, I think, I'll never forget. And it was one of those moments when you're watching it unfold, you just know that you're, you're witnessing history, you know. It's very special. Yeah, and I think with everything that's happened recently with Tiger, obviously we, we all wish him well and um, the comeback's just about getting back rather than even thinking about the golf at the moment. It does feel very lucky that we, we had the opportunity to have that that redemption moment, if you like, uh, with his kids there. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, but we'll move on because we've got to start focusing on the tournament for this year. And uh, Matt, we're, we're really pleased to have you on because I want to try and understand from a professional side of things as what kind of elements of a player's game is most important when trying to tackle a course like Augusta? Uh, I mean, everyone says putting, but I think maybe even more important than putting is, you know, is people's iron play. Strokes, the strokes gained on, on iron play that week has to be, you know, perfect. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the golf course has little shells that you need to find. Um, otherwise, you know, you're left with no putt. So, if your iron play is not on, then doesn't matter how good a putt you are, it's going to be difficult. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's, it's one of those, it, would it be lazy of me to just say, well, your all-round game's got to be good and you've got to be good at everything to, to win. But the, I, I look back a few years and I just sort of, it tends to be players that seem to be able to scrape through quite often. It's very rare you get the wire-to-wire winner. We had it with Jordan Spieth, didn't we, I think, going back a few years. But usually you can play yourself into contention, which is a bit different to some tournaments, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think I, th- I think you kind of, you know, from my limited knowledge about the golf course, I've never been there. But I think you kind of, as the week goes on, you, you, you the, the, the players seem to learn a lot more about it. How, you know, how it's playing. Obviously, the wind can be all over the place at times. I know there's a lot of elevation changes. Um, you know, there's a lot of dog legs mostly right to left uh, you know from from what i know um but like i said I, you know I, I touched on on you know your, your iron play again if you, if you if you're not finding the right areas of the greens then it becomes very difficult mm. yeah definitely uh, michael i know you're a massive fan of augusta and you sent me over some incredibly detailed notes in a nutshell can you just run through uh just give me a bit of a perspective uh talk to me as if i'd never seen augusta what can i expect from the course itself right well um geographically it's at the foothills of the appalachian trail so it's uh, appalachian mountains um up by the smoky mountains so uh, it is a mountain course and what you see on tv just doesn't do it justice it's incredibly hilly 
um, and barely a, a flat lie on the course. And I think it was alluded to earlier as far as the, the iron play and the pressure on the iron play. And what sets up the iron play is the tee shots. And, and what's amazing at Augusta is, you know, you could have the right side of a fairway that sits elevation wise, 30 foot above the left side of the fairway. So that the tee shots where you see a fairway that's say 40 yards wide, the actual landing area or the ideal landing area to hit the slots and to get down into the flats, it's really, I mean, you're talking 10, 15 yards. So the, just the precision necessary off, off the tee to set up irons. Like if you miss the wrong side of the fairway, you could be coming in with a six iron, for example, where if you hit the slot, you could be coming in with a pitching wedge, which makes all the difference in terms of scoring. Um, the greens were alluded to. Putting obviously is, is very difficult. Um, but if you get to the right quadrant of the green, so you have about a quarter of the green to hit to be in an ideal position, regardless of pin location, you're only going to have about a quarter of the green that is really going to be playable. Give yourself a look at birdie, um, where other parts of the green could be very, very difficult, um, even to two putt. So there's, it's hard to say that there's just one part um, of the course that makes it difficult or that makes it it's special. I mean, it really is a challenge in every single facet, and that's before we even get into to the mental side of it in the actual grind um, of playing Augusta. So it's, it, there's so much we could go on about it um, for hours, but uh, but I'll digress. Um, Matt, that's quite an interesting point that Michael brings up about mentality. You've played massive tournaments. Um do you feel the difference uh, as a professional when you are playing those bigger events like you've managed to, to, to be involved in? Is, is it more noticeable than a, a standard challenger event? Do you, do, you, do you personally feel you play differently at those kind of uh, meetings? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just, you know, it's the natural response to the, to the occasion, really. I mean, like, um, you know, obviously not to be disrespectful to any sort of lower tournaments but you know you mm. you want to do better in the biggest events the biggest stage don't you yeah no i, th- uh, I think so you probably put more more emphasis on on those weeks and to 90 probably 99 percent of of the world's professional golfers the, the, the dream is to win the masters so of course you're gonna you know you, you're gonna put more emphasis on that week which is then gonna make it mentally tougher going mm. forward no, I think that's very fair. Right, we're going to turn to the head of the betting then for this year's Masters and just get some opinions and views from the guys. Uh, we're kind of going to just talk through the big six before we look at some outsiders as well. But we'll kick off. We have co-favourites at time of recording. And Bryson DeChambeau arrived last year into the Masters. Big talking point with his muscular gains and his, you know, uh, I think it's fair to say golf science behind him. He was going to try and hit everything out of sight and um, he ended up I think 18 shots in the end behind the eventual winner Dustin Josh, J- Johnson uh, Michael uh, are you a big fan of Bryson and his his style and do you think he could put it all together at Augusta this year well I like Bryson DeChambeau because he's a breath of fresh air um, he's he's not afraid to go against the grain he's not afraid to do some extreme things um, not only with his his golf game but his just physical stature, spending all that time in the gym. And I, I do think he has a chance. He's so formulaic. And, and if you've ever seen him go through his process on making reads on his putts, uh, I mean, I, I would imagine he may have done the most homework 
entering this tournament. And I think anyone that comes in with that level of preparation will give himself uh, a chance. And not only that, he tends to kind of pump himself up and, and play better kind of the more fired up he gets. Cause it's not really a, a finesse game. He has a power game and, and, and there's no better tournament for you to kind of get, get in the zone than the masters. So I, I do like his chances here. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I think the way Bryson is mentally, and he will have put his homework in, I think the Masters could suit um, him playing himself into contention over the course. However, that said, from a betting point of view, I think he's I think he's quite short, Sam. So I, I, I think for me, for a, if we're looking at from a from a betting point of view, I probably would. I would say step him, but it would not surprise me if he if he went very very close. Yeah, eight to one favorite at time of recording. And yeah. uh, Matt, I just want to pick your brain because I seem to recall last year he did an awful lot of talking. There was an awful lot of hype around him. Uh, naturally, that piles pressure on. And I seem to recall that first tee shot was probably the most scrutinized shot in golf outside of perhaps Tiger Woods' comeback. It just do you think he might help himself just by by being a bit quieter? Um, I'd like to think so. I personally don't see the Masters being Bryson's forte, if I'm honest. Mm. I think uh, he's got no form in previous years going into it. Um, I think what he came out with in setting, you know, in the in the fall, in the autumn, Masters was wrong to take to turn around and say it was a par sixty-seven, uh, and then obviously finishing. I think he's you know finishing eighteen shots behind. To, to me, it's, it's the wrong way to go about it. But the guy keeps proving me wrong every you know every time he, he plays the game. So you can never write him off, can you? No, no, certainly fair. Uh, Dougie, was there anything else you wanted to add around the betting angle on Bryson? Yeah, I mean, you just said that he's, he's eighty-one there. I think that that's pretty short. And but I, I mean, it's it's all goes without saying that that people will uh, will no doubt get stuck into that. Um, just an interesting stat is that eight of the last ten Masters winners had a bigger SP than 60-1. So um, the stats kind of go against them. You know, the Masters more recently has been won by sort of first-time major winners. That'll be the first major if they if they win it. So um, mm. the stats on that side um, for me would make me step away. But Michael makes a great point. I think he I think he could be there or thereabouts. But for me, eight to one is a bit on the short side. Yeah, no worries. Uh, the co-favourite at this stage is Dustin Johnson. World number one, uh, just a bit of context. He's pulled out of playing Texas just to focus on his preparation. I think he's preparing from home uh, for that. Uh, Matt, he was a uh, he was a worthy winner, obviously, in the slightly different November event. Um, be some story if he could go back-to-back, wouldn't it? For all that he's a very good player, it's still a huge achievement to win sequential Masters. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's you know he's he's world number one for a reason. He is a standout player over the last what, two three years. Um, I think he's probably a little bit all over the place at the moment. You know, he pulled he, he I think he went out earlier the match play, then entered late into Texas, and now he's pulled out again. So he's seems like he's a bit unsettled. Maybe uh, you know, obviously there's still over a week to go. So no, there's a week to go. So so you know he's got a lot of prep to get in, in beforehand, but you can never write him off. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I think that what was so impressive about Johnson um, when he won it back in November, you know, he 
he's, he, he has that mentality, you know, if he makes a mistake, he just forgets about it almost instantly. You know, it doesn't let him affect him going forward. And, I, and, and at the time when I was watching that, I was thinking, geez, you know, the Masters is only a few months away because obviously the because of COVID and the times. And I was thinking, you know, it, it's, it's a lot it's a lot smaller window to just retain that form. And I thought that he would be able to do that. But now, you know, with a sort of the stuttering over the last few weeks, um, as a slight cause for concern. And again, you know, that preparation is eight to one. You know, I, I just think you might be able to find a bit more value than, than that. We jump, but as 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 we've said, as Matt says there, it's it, 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 when he's on form, he's probably the best in the world. No, fair enough, uh, Michael. Any strong views on our co-favorite? Uh. Yeah, I, I don't think he's in great form right now, um, but he is he is steady. I mean, it, it, as far as his performance in majors, if we go back to Whistling Straits, where he appeared to be the kind of the runaway favorite and had a, a ruling uh, famously not go his way, look, he, I think that kind of set him on a path, and, and he's been incredibly steady um, mentally. He's got every aspect of the game. I do think his win in November was a hair fluky in that the greens are not, don't play in November like they do in April. They're a lot more receptive hitting into them. Um, you don't need to be quite as precise. So I, I think he had a few things going in his favor in November that he's not going to have this go around. So I personally, I, I don't really care for um, it from a betting standpoint. No, that, that's fair enough. Well, we're going to try and get the uh, the favourites beat here, guys, which is good news for anyone listening. So we're going to get hopefully a nice couple of priced selections. Uh, we need to move on then. And next up is uh, Justin Thomas, who's around a ten to one shot in the betting with ourselves. Uh, he's obviously a, a very very good player. Five PGA Tour wins in twenty seventeen. Uh, he's he's been top of the world rankings. Uh, let's let's turn to you, Dougie, kicking us off here. Um, Obviously, he's from Florida. I kind of, I kind of thought this would be of those at the front of the betting. Aside from Spieth, he was the one I was probably most interested in. Would you agree or disagree? Actually, yeah, I actually backed Thomas for the for the Masters last time out. Um, he seems to be he seems to be improving. Uh, Augusta, I know he, you know he didn't have the best time of it going back, but you know again at ten to one, Sam, it's um, it. it, it it's too short for me. I mean, I'll touch on that stat again. Eight out of the last ten winners. You know, you're looking at sixteen. You're looking at sixteen winners. The bare minimum price that you want to get involved in here. Uh, you know, Tiger Woods was sixteen when he won. Um, guys like Bubba Watson when he won it twice. They were he, he was he was bigger as well. It's a, it's it's a big list. And as as I say, with this tournament in recent times, you're going to have to you have. To, I think what will what could easily happen here is. Someone coming from the pack, you know, and I'll tell you later on who I fancy to win it. But mm, okay. I think it, I think it could be a, a, a first timer, definitely. Okay, no problem. Uh, Matt, he was fourth in twenty twenty. Any chance he'll go a couple of places better and uh, be wearing the green jacket? He, I think he would be my favourite. If I'm honest, you know, he's, he's in good form. Uh, he won rounds Sawgrass, which is another tough golf, you know, tough golf course. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, he would be the one that I would be. Favoring, definitely. Okay, okay. Uh, Michael, I want to talk to you about another player in the top four of the betting here. 
John Rahm. Obviously, you were uh, in Spain for Sergio's success. Um, I think you'd get similar scenes, wouldn't you, if John was to pick up the win round Augusta? Yeah, I mean, uh, where we are in Andalusia, I think it would explode if if he won. Um, he's another one with kind of complete game. Um, I don't know about his mental game. I think there's they're stronger in the field. And um, I, I do want to say, you guys talked about Justin Thomas. I like Justin Thomas for this as well. Um, he's the best. He's, to m- in my opinion, best iron player in the world, not only from ball striking ability, but uh, as, as well as uh, daring. He's very bold. Like he'll, he'll attack a right pin. He'll attack a left pin. He'll attack a front pin. He'll attack a back pin. And he's, I expect him to be probably the most attacking player in the entire field. And looking at his form, I think he's probably the one to watch, at least for me. Okay. No, no real love for John Rahm there uh, from uh, uh, Michael. Dougie, uh, uh, you're a Rahm man at all? Obviously, you live in Spain. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I, I like Rahm. Um, and I, but I just think that, I think uh, Michael just touched on it. Mentally, he seems to, he's got the, He's got a tendency to blow up, hasn't he? You know, he's got a tendency to sort of... The blood seems to rush very, very quickly to his head. And uh, if it's a leaderboard and it's tight on a Sunday, I've seen it happen with Ram before. Um, you know, it's he doesn't seem to be able to see it out. Um, but he's a magnificent player. And I've actually... I, I was up in Valderrama watching him at the Spanish Open a couple of years ago. And my God, the guy can strike a ball. It's unbelievable when you watch it live. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see him go well, but... It wouldn't be for me, I'm afraid. No, no problem. Uh, we touched on mentality there, and one player who I think must have a few mental scars around Augusta is Rory McIlroy. Um, Matt, I think it's been well documented that Rory's not playing at the peak of his powers. In a way, do you think coming into the Masters here, I mean, he's still fifth favourite with ourselves. Do you think that could take the pressure off him and let him just get around the first sort of couple of rounds and just see what he see what he can do almost rather than have to have this intense pressure that Rory seems to to get in Masters week? Yeah, I mean, I think I just wonder whether it's a bit you know it's obviously been well documented that he's just changed coach and I just wonder whether it's just slightly too soon for him mm. um, in terms of implementing maybe some changes that the new coach wants to do. Um, I think as well, a lot of the the you know the press and the media they they will be badgering him on that. Every single question he will face will be about his new coach. I don't I just don't see how he'll get away you know from that media scrutiny because he's only got the masters to go until he's done the Grand Slam. Do you think he was right to bring in Pete Cohen and, and, and accept that things needed addressing? Do you think it, is it quite tough doing that as a professional yourself, having to change what what was working and, and evolve? You know, I think it's a very very bold and very difficult decision he's made. Uh, you know, based on my experiences, I've been with the same coach twenty years. Rory I, has been with the same coach all his life. Mm. He, there's no way he's taken that decision, you know, lightly. That's obviously been playing on his mind for a while and. Um, fair play, you know he's, mm. he's he's gone and done it. Uh, only time will tell whether it was the right decision or not. Yeah, maybe maybe just a year too soon. Uh, Dougie uh, Rory, he's always popular with the punters. Uh, is he popular with you in your batch of sort of players towards the front of the market you want to take on or be with, or what's the story? 
Yeah, out of the out of the ones that we've spoke about, it would probably be would probably be quite far down the list at the moment. You know, I, you had a you had just had a, a child at the end of last year, and, and obviously that will be well will be his main focus. You'll know all about that, Michael. Um, so that will no doubt have been like a a distraction, albeit a, a good one. It's obviously a great thing, but also changing the coach. I don't like that sort of you know, think that those life, you know, those changes in life and professionally going into a big tournament like this. Um, so I would probably, I'd probably stay away from, from McElroy if I was being honest. Uh, Michael, uh, I, I personally will be getting involved in any match bets I can find with Jordan Spieth to get the better of Rory, given that they're the same price at the moment. Can I start by getting your take on Rory and then we'll move on to talk about Jordan Spieth? Yeah, happy to. Um, I think switching to Coach Cowan is going to be a, a bigger deal for the media than it is going to be for Rory. Um, Coach Cowan has been around a long time, and I think he knows they're not going to reinvent the wheel between now and Masters Week. Uh, I don't expect to see any big changes um, in Rory between now and then. When you have such a um, tenured and respected instructor, um, he knows better. Um, Rory knows better and, and coach Cowan knows better, um, to try and make any big adjustments there. So I think it's going to be more of a media distraction than it will actually be, um, in his play. Mm. No, fair enough. Fair enough. And, um, let's move on to Jordan then, because, uh, Dougie will vaguely remember this at the start of the year, we did a podcast where we picked out, uh, a couple of different big major events and I got laughed at by him for putting up Jordan Spieth who was I think around 50 to 1 at the time for the Masters um, but he's played himself well and truly back into being a deserving uh, front runner for regaining his crown here Yeah, yeah. I mean you, you, you're sorry Michael you, you're going to go on about that I mean if he wins the Masters Sam I'm just going to give up. I'm going to delete you from my phone book because I'm already getting a neck just because his price has moved. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, what's going to happen if he wins it? Yeah, well, Michael's about to tell us why he's going to absolutely hack up, aren't you, Michael? <laughs> or will you tell me something different? No, I'm going to tell you something different. Um, Matt alluded to it earlier about the pressure of ball striking um, at, here at Augusta. Um, and I think if you look at PGA Tour standard, Jordan Spieth is in the bottom half as in terms of ball striking, just pure ball striking ability. And so I, I don't like him here, if I'm honest. I, I know he's I know he's a previous winner. I also know he's had a few mental hiccups on the road uh, at Augusta. And I, I, I don't I don't like him at, at that price, certainly. Oh Matt, you've got to, you've got to back me here. Surely Jordan's got to be in with a great shout. Um <laughs> If you'd asked me, say, three years ago, I'd have said yes. Mm. At the moment, I'm going to say no. no. Um, I just, yeah, I just think he has too many errant shots. Um, you know, you can, you know, obviously, you can see his form is coming back. Um, for me, I wouldn't be looking at him personally, but. I'll let you go with that, Sam. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll carry the can. Listen, if I'd gone and backed the courage of my convictions at 50s, I'd be smiling. But there we go. We'll have to make do with 14 to 1 at time of recording. Uh, right. Uh, before I let the guys go, just from the front six, just want literally a name from all of you. I'll go, uh, Dougie, who's your pick from the front six if I had, a, had to make you pick one? If you had me, uh, Justin Thomas, each way, I would, I would, um, yeah. okay. I would definitely go with him. I know, I, you know, I, I said before, it wouldn't be... Um, my pick out right, uh, 
mainly because because of his price. That's fine. But I did That's back fine. him last time, so I'm a big Justin Thomas fan. J- just just a name, but there we go. We got a, we got a little soliloquy from Dougie there. Uh, Matt, who who are you going to put forward from the front six to have the best result there? Uh, Justin Thomas for me, Ooh. standout player at the moment. Oh, um, I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball in and just. To me, watching people's in, you know his Instagram and that, he looks like he's swinging it great. It's Justin Rose. Oh, okay, you know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll touch on some bigger price selections a little bit later on. So uh, you've okay. you've you've given a look. That's quite interesting. I like the insight. I'm glad someone's been busy on social media keeping an eye on what's going on. Uh, and Michael, just finally from the front six, are you going to make it three in a row for Justin Thomas? I am Justin Rough. Thomas. Wow. Okay. Well, after this very short break, we'll be back to pick out the guys' selections uh, for the week ahead. Uh, We'll also touch on first round leader as well and have some chat around making the cut. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Set smart TV to record the football later. You've got to be joking, haven't you? I haven't got a clue. But I tell you what, if you want to chuck a few quid on it, your best bet is to try that BetVictor app. Even I'm a whiz on that. Listen to Harry and make your best bet with BetVictor. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. Son, seen the remote? Well, welcome back. And we've got loads more Masters coverage to come. Uh, We're going to kick off by talking about first round leaders before we get the guys' uh, main bets for the weekend of Augusta. Uh, Right. Okay then, Dougie. This was a bit of a request from you, I think. Uh, You quite enjoyed the... I was just just about to say this is really really tough <laughs> you yeah, know but this is, leader is, is, is tough it is it's a it's a it's a small stakes fun bet i think to have and trying to predict who comes out the blocks quickest i think's always a bit of a challenge um it's been a real mix of, of people that have picked this up over the years um i think from memory uh there's only been something like two first round leaders I'm just checking the stats book here in the last 25 years or so that have managed to win the first round uh, or lead, I should say, after the first round and then win the event, which was Jordan Spieth, who did it wire to wire in 2015 and Trevor Ingleman going back into 2008. That's in the last sort of 25 years or so. Um, Boy, it's, um, it's a difficult task, but Michael, I'll turn to you first. Is there anyone you fancy here in the betting that potentially you think could get away to a to a good start, or someone you think maybe one of the older players on the tour that could just be a bit pressure free and get round in front? Uh, I'm going to go the other way. Um, I think one of the newest guys on tour uh, and a major winner, Colin Murakawa, is who I'm looking for to come out with a hot start, despite being a fader at a ball. Um, I think he's an unbelievable iron player and I think he's got a good head on his shoulders um, that's what I'm looking for to come out with a fast start okay uh, 28 to 1 for the tournament uh, with ourselves at time of recording you have to check the website uh, over at betbeater.com for first round leader prices uh, Matt anyone in particular that stands out to you in these kind of events obviously you, you, you play professionally so it's not like uh, this is always a bit of a strange market when I talk to people that play golf at your kind of level and above. It's like, well, we're all trying to win all the time. It's not like we're suddenly going to go just to try and lead. But do you find that there are players you play with that do seem to just be able to make a faster start than others? Um, yes and no. I mean, it's horses for courses, isn't it? It's mm. just such a tough, tough one to predict. Um. I mean, for me, I'm you know I'm looking at a list of players now, and I, two or three names jumping out at me. Patrick uh, Patrick Berger, 
He used to play for Liverpool, he didn't he? He was Daniel quite a good Berger. player, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Berger's um, jumping out at me. Hmm? Yeah, okay. Well, Cameron uh, Smith, did he not shoot three, four rounds in the 60s in the autumn one? Uh, I'll, I'll only bet. player to do so that didn't win, that hasn't won the Masters. Oh, that's that. That's exactly why we've brought you on, Matt. That's the sort of tidbit I love. So, yeah, I can see that. Uh, uh, Dougie, any strong shouts? Yeah, well, I can't, I can't say it's strong, Sam, because of the, the market itself. You can't really have a strong opinion of Michael at this. But someone I do like, someone I do follow, and I think he's destined for, for big things, is, is uh, Scotty Scheffler. Um, I think he was, in, a, in t- uh, last year, he was, he was in the top 20. Um Kind of going on what Michael was saying, he's he, he's a, he's a young guy and a focused guy, and I think if he can get off to a good start, then he could be right up there, and I think he'd be a fair price as well. Okay, there we go. Just a little bit of fun there. We challenged the guys to try and uh, find a couple of players that potentially could offer some value in the first round leader market. Uh, before we get the selections, we will just touch on the dreaded cut. Um, Michael, is there anyone you think that, obviously we haven't got the prices yet for this recording, a little bit ahead of time. Is there anyone you want to nominate you think that will miss the cut that will be a bit of a surprise to people? And is there anyone you think that will be someone we should be keeping an eye on betting to, to make the cut potentially? Uh, yeah, uh, let's start with missing the cut. Um, this is a very bold prediction as he's won this tournament before and as a career, I think has the highest cut making percentage in history of golf, Phil Mickelson. No, I think not he's gonna, Phil, not old lefty. I, I know, I'm, I'm going against the grain here. Um, but I believe as a career, he's made uh, 90% of cuts of everything he's ever entered in uh, over, what, near 30 years now. And I just, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it this week. Um, so I, I think that's my shock pick to miss the cut. And my shock pick to make the cut, I'm going to go... Uh, old steady Bernhard Langer. Okay. Uh, Thanks. Okay, Dougie. Anyone you want to? You. I mean, I'm still reeling from poor old Phil Mickelson not not making it to the Saturday. That 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 would be. Oh, wouldn't feel like a Masters. I I seem to bet him religiously for this event. Um, doesn't seem to do him many favors in recent years. Uh, but go on, Dougie. Anyone for you that you think will make the cut that we should keep an eye on or miss the cut? I would say Michael Roy would be a runner in this market for me. Oh, it'd be not. It'd be nice. Um, nice price as well if you're going for the miss. I assume you're going for the miss with him. Yeah, yeah, and also Ricky Fowler. Ricky, Ricky Fowler. Fowler I don't believe is, he'll get in unless he wins in Texas. Is that correct? I think that's the case. Yeah, Ricky's oh. not in the field as yet, and unless he He's wins, not in the field as yet. So, well, we'll definitely must have cut then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, Dougie, I suppose he will. But yeah, hey, listen, it could you could be made to look very clever when he goes and hoses up this week, and then goes on to turn no, up and miss the cut. I don't see that. He's massive. He's massively out of form then. Obviously, yeah. um, no. I mean, Michael Roy for me, as you said, Sam, you'll get a, a decent price on that. And yeah. Okay. Again, it's one of these markets and you need a bit of luck, but... You do, you um, do. Yeah, but we'll go with Rory. Um, Matt, is there anyone you think... Um, obviously, you've played with, with a lot of the European guys here. Is there anyone you think that we could potentially be underrated to make the cart or anyone you think we should be keeping an eye on from, from your perspective, having played at the highest level? I would love to see um, Bobby McIntyre make the cuts. His first appearance has been, been on great form. Uh, great golfer, great lad, and yeah, I think it'd be really nice to see him make the cut. I think he, 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 you know, he's playing certainly playing well enough to make the cut. It's just whether the, you know, the occasion is a bit mm. 
too soon for him almost. Yeah, it, it must be daunting to be heading to, to Augusta, you know, for your first time. I suppose at least it won't be quite the full capacity crowds. Uh, that That's the case, isn't it, Michael? It's going to be some patrons there, but not quite as many as usual, if, if I've read that correctly, under the COVID protocols. Yeah, it's going to be a, a limited crowd, and that's a great shout on McIntyre. Um, I agree. And having kind of less crowd could could be less pressure, which which would bode well um, mm. for a guy like that. It certainly would. Right. Here comes the crunch part then, guys. We need your selections. I'm going to let you pick two because I do think there's obviously a lot of people like to have their each-way darts. The golf will be very competitively priced towards the front of the market as well. So you can all have two. Uh, players to pick don't have to pick either. it doesn't have to be anyone from the front of the market or the back uh, but Dougie I'll let you go first here give the guys a bit of thinking time who do you want to put up for the Masters this year okay so I mean we touched on Justin Thomas earlier mm-hmm. I would be I would I would have a tentative play on him even though I think he's he's slightly overpriced um, so sorry underpriced but I would my pick for the Masters would be Sun GM now, I don't know what, what price is at the moment, Sam. I don't know if you get the prices uh, yeah, there. Yeah, 40 to 1 top price at time of recording with ourselves. So the traders think you're wrong, Dougie. That's not a good start, but let me hear your argument. Yeah, but they're not always right, you know that. <laughs> so um, so runner-up last year's Masters, and, and he's also got form at the, the Honda Classic as well, which is which is a big thing going into these tournaments. Um, as I say, I'm, I'm really looking for someone here that... I think he's got potential to win the first major. He's not won a major. 22, he's a, he's a fantastic player when he puts it all together. And then, um, you know, at 41 each way, I think you could get a good run for your money there. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I'll give you a bit of credit. Not a bad argument, not a bad argument at all. Uh, Matt, a couple of selections from you, if we can then, please. Who, 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 are, we, uh, who are we rooting for from your perspective? Um, I'm going to go with the two Justins, I think. Justin Thomas, I know he's obviously a clear favourite. Yeah. And then Justin Rose, I've been, um, I, I follow Sean Foley quite a bit on, on Instagram and he's put some videos of, of Rose swinging it at the moment and it all looks as good as it's, it's, he's ever swung it. Uh, I know he's not much form and that, and I don't think he's been playing that much, but he loves Augusta. Mm. Um, so for me, that they would be my two bets. Yeah, I, I mean... 70 to 1 for Justin Rose, which I think, you know, for, form aside, it does seem a little bit on the biggish side. I don't think I'd want to be letting it put it that way, considering he, he can get a result around there. So a cracking each way shout uh, there from Matt. And Michael, I'll come to yourself then. You've got two picks if you need them uh, for who you want to put up for, for this year's Masters of the Green Jacket. Yeah, um, well, let's talk about recent form. Uh, Gotta like Billy Horschel here at 80s at the moment. Um, he's got the game. He's an unbelievable putter. If we remember back to the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay where the greens were uh, noticeably shabby, he said uh, these greens can make uh, a good putter look average and they can make a bad putter look average. Well, we're going to get the real test of putting skill uh, at Augusta, and, and I think that certainly plays into his strengths. And, and my next pick is a guy who's traditionally – known for his putting woes and being one of the world's best ball strikers of all time. Um, finally gets over the hump, Lee Westwood. Oh, I, I think, I think we'd all love to see Lee, uh, Lee manage it. He's, um, yeah, been, been some story, hasn't it? Him and professional golf over the years. And, uh, 
he, he likes his racing as well. So he's a, he's a, I'm a big fan uh, of Lee. Fingers crossed that would be some story. He's got a runner in the national as well, so he you know, has. To uh, win the Masters and win the national. I, I think he has. I'm just trying to remember who it is, Dougie, because I think it. I, I think bet, it's Bell Hill. Uh, he's he's unfortunately come out, uh, so he hasn't. But I'm sure he'll have one. Knowing knowing him, he'll probably have one eye on the race as well. Don't forget, we've got our Grand National special. You'll be able to check that out. Uh, do subscribe and you'll get that delivered straight to your inbox. But f- all that remains is me to say a massive thank you uh, to Michael, Matt and Dougie for their contributions. We hope you enjoy the Masters. Do as ever, gamble responsibly and do subscribe and let us know who you think will win the 2021 Masters. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>